Has anybody ever said to you, expect the expected? Probably not, huh? (laughs) A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. Has anything ever happened to you in your life that took you by surprise? Maybe it was good, maybe it was horrible, but whatever it was, it was unexpected. It surprised you. My guess is that someone near you said something like, man, in life you have to learn how to expect the unexpected. Perhaps they said, hmm, we got to prepare for the unexpected. Or maybe if there's anything you can be sure of, it's that we're unsure about anything. Or if you're a football fan, maybe you've heard something like, on any given Sunday, that's a little catchphrase. It's shortened, actually, referring to the fact that on any given Sunday, any team can beat any other team. You can't expect a certain team to win. I looked up where that phrase came from because I remember hearing it as a kid and, and people had referenced it before saying, oh, it was from a movie, but like more recently. I'm like, no, it was not from that movie because I heard it as a kid, like way before that movie was even made. I haven't even seen the movie, but it was way before that, I know. I found out it was from Commissioner Bell, who was the commissioner of the NFL in 1946. Interesting guy. You know, you start reading and you can't stop and you just keep going down a rabbit hole. Definitely did that with him. Found out he's the guy he amped up the NFL's image during his tenure there. He had uh, walked through the league through a tricky merger, kind of a merger war, they referred to it even, between the NFL and the AAFC. And I think that was 49. To the chagrin of the NFL owners, he was also the one who championed the NFL Players Association. And when they came to him saying, what are you doing? Why are you sticking up for the players? He said, hey, I'm hired to do what was in the best interest of football, and that's what I think is. He's also the one who made the decision to televise only the away games so that the stadiums would still be sold out. He thought, well, you know, if we televise them all, because TV was just kind of coming into people's homes. He's like, man, if we televise all of these things, what's going to happen? People are going to sit home and they're not going to go to the games. And that law, rule, whatever it is, probably a rule, that stayed in place for a really long time. So much so that uh, when I was a kid, I remember wondering if they sold out the game, if we would be able to see the game as well ourselves. Or if it was a home game, if it wasn't sold out, it'd be like, oh, man. So he he made, he also kind of cleaned up gambling. He established some really strong anti-gambling controls. But this is a ramble. This is a rant. Not a rant, I guess. More of a ramble. More of a digression away from anything I had planned on talking about. So I just got off track thinking about the unexpected and then any given Sunday. You never know what to expect, which does bring me to the point of this podcast. Here's the point. With the Lord, we can expect the expected. With the Lord, we can expect the expected. We just need to pay attention to what it is. He will always do just as he says. I'd love to read a story today that is not just based on a true story. It is a true story. It's a solidly true story 
of the resurrection. I'm actually going to read the account of the resurrection in all four Gospels. Here's why. When an event happens, you see it on the news or something, what do we like to see? We like to get all kinds of different eyewitness accounts, not just what one guy said, not just what one woman said from her perspective. We want to see the perspective of all the people, and it helps to fill in the gaps, and it helps us to understand a little bit more of what happened that day. And so today, instead of just choosing one passage and delving into the one, I want us to look at all four, and I'm just going to read them. I'm going to go in order of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and I'm going to just read them without commentary straight through so we can kind of develop this picture of what happened on Resurrection Sunday. And then when I'm done, we'll go through and we'll talk about it a little bit more in detail. So to, for right now, I'm going to start in Matthew, starting in chapter 28 with verse 1. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb. There was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angel told the women, don't be afraid because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to his disciples to tell them the news. Just then Jesus met them and said, greetings. They came up, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus told them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee. They will see me there. As they were on their way, some of the guards came into the city and reported to the chief priests, the chief priests, religious leaders, everything that had happened. After the priests had assembled with the elders and agreed on a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money and told them, say this. Say his disciples came during the night and stole him while we were sleeping. If this reaches the governor's ears, we'll deal with him and we'll keep you out of trouble. They took the money and did just as they were instructed. And this story has been spread among Jewish people to this day. Now, from Mark chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they could go and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb at sunrise. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance to the tomb for us? Looking up, they noticed that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he told them. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they put him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. They went out and ran away from the tomb, because trembling and astonishment overwhelmed them. They said nothing to anyone since they were afraid. Now, Luke chapter 24. 
On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in but didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? asked the men. He's not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, It's necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day? And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them were telling the the apostles these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the women. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. When he stooped to look in, he saw only the linen cloths. So he went away amazed at what had happened. Oh, finally, from John chapter 20, starting at verse 1. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. She went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. At that, Peter and the other disciple went out heading for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. Then following him, Simon Peter also came. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrapping that had been on his head was not lying with the other linen cloths, but was folded up in a separate place by itself. The other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, then also went in, saw, and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stooped to look inside the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus' body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord. She told them, And I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, Why are you crying? Who is it that you're seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. Turning around, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers, tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. Why did we read all these passages? Why did I say at the outset we are to expect the expected with the Lord? Why? Because he did just as he said he would. Did you catch that? In the book of Matthew, verse 6, the angel said, He is not here. He is risen just as he said. Well, All the events surrounding the resurrection maybe seemed unexpected to Mary Magdalene or Joanna or Salome, the other Mary, Peter, John, the other disciples, Thomas, for a good long time until he saw him himself. These events weren't unexpected at all. Jesus had told them exactly what was to happen. 
We see that for a fact as it's recorded in Matthew 16 and again in Mark 8 and many other places too. We just aren't going to have time to read them all. But I do want to look at these two. Matthew 16 verse 21 says this, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Mark 8, 31 records it too. This says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Jesus told them exactly what was going to happen. He said exactly what he was going to do. Now, in their defense, many times when Jesus was talking, he was talking on a spiritual plane. And the disciples and others were kind of talking on the earthly plane, so they didn't always get it. You know, we, we see that time and time and time again. But in this case, Jesus was spelling it out very clearly, and it wasn't making sense to them yet. He was explaining to them that this Messiah, this one who was going to come to save them, that the people often thought was a political salvation. They often thought was going to be one that would release them from all kinds of oppression on this earth. They didn't understand yet that this was going to be a suffering savior, that the Son of Man was going to come and suffer for them and die for them. They didn't know this. They were, were not expecting that this is the way it would be. So, even though Jesus said exactly what was going to happen, the disciples were still dumbfounded. The women were wondering. The guards were caught off guard and the leaders were left lying. The angel reminded his followers that he was risen just as he said. And what I'm suggesting today is this is exactly how we need to live. We have Easter in our hindsight we see it, we read it recorded in scripture in many places. We read teaching on it from Paul and from Peter and from others. They're helping explain to us what happened. And because we have that information, because we have the benefit of knowing the why of the resurrection, we can live in truth. When Jesus speaks, we can expect the expected. When he promises, we can bank on it. When he corrects us, we can take it seriously. When he exhorts us, we can be encouraged. What we cannot do is to guess at what we think our Savior should be like or should be doing and then be surprised when he doesn't meet our expectations. For he has met his expectations and those are the ones that matter. I want to close today with one more word from the Lord himself found in John chapter 11. This is in the context right before Jesus is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He's talking to Martha about who he is. He's revealing himself. I'm going to pick up at verse 25. Jesus said to her, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's a good question. It's one we need to answer as well. Jesus asked it of Martha. The angels proclaimed Jesus' life to the women and to the disciples who came to the tomb. The angel said, he is risen, just as he said. Do we believe that? Do we believe that we can find life through this Jesus as well? We can. 
His death and resurrection was a gift not just for ages past, but for today and for the future. When we read in the book of Romans, in Romans 3.23 and in Romans 6.23, we find out a couple things. We find out that the wages of sin is death, and we find out that all have sinned. The wages of sin is death, and all have sinned. So we can conclude (laughs) that if we all sin and the wages of sin is death, all must die. All must die. Unless, of course, wait a minute, (laughs) could there be one who, yes, that's it. Jesus came. Jesus lived and Jesus never sinned. Yet he gave his life up for us. He died for us. He paid the wages of our sin, and then he couldn't stay dead because death could not hold him because the wages of sin is death, and if you do not sin, you cannot die. So the grave clothes could not bind him because he was greater. He was perfect. He was sinless. He was offering himself up for us, not receiving something that was due him. That's why the earth quaked. That's why the stone rolled. That's why our Savior, Christ the Lord, was risen on that day. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Death could not hold him. And then he offers us this gift of salvation, saying, I know that you have sinned. I understand that you are a sinner. I would like to offer you the gift of salvation. I've paid the price already. You need to expect the expected. I told you your sins can be forgiven. Receive that gift. Believe in me and you will have life. You will have it here in the full and you will have it everlasting. As we look ahead to this season of Good Story, our seventh season, we are going to be looking at more promises that Jesus has made. We're going to find more ways that we can expect the expected as we walk through life, following him closely and being loved by him completely. Before we go to all those promises, I would be remiss if I didn't pause here and say, do you believe? Do you believe that he is risen just as he said? If not, can I invite you today to place your faith and trust in Jesus, to receive his gift of salvation that he offers to you freely? Not one of us could earn it, so none of us can boast about it. What we can do is boast in the Lord and say, He is risen. He is risen indeed. Lord, thank you for the season of Easter. Thank you for paying the penalty for our sin. Thank you for paying the wages of sin for me. Thank you for offering salvation to me. (laughs) Thank you that I can walk through life with you. Lord, help me to continue to expect the expected, to know if you say it, you'll do it. Thank you that you offer to walk through life with us. 
so that we can walk through life for you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.